The price of gasoline keeps falling. Unemployment numbers staying low. Average hourly pay in America up 4.1% over a year ago. With no recession yet and the stock market surge, why do so many people feel economically trapped? People feel trapped, food prices haven't gone down, and it's January, and Christmas spending comes due, if you put it on a card as so many do. Credit card debt shatters lives. It's a crisis with more people maxed out. One TikTok mom admitting their credit card balance used to be 2000 now thirty grand after her husband lost his job in COVID. And have you dared look at the interest rate you're paying, especially on a retail card? You better pray, and you need a plan. Go online. Look for smart moves to lower debt. Stick with it. Little wins lead to big wins. And the biggest win? Following Jesus. Debt freedom brings more freedom to follow him. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And if you were listening yesterday to this program called Keeping It All About Jesus, we made a special announcement yesterday. And it wasn't just that Haven Ministries turns 90 this year as the oldest daily Christian radio program still on the air. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. Ahoy there, shipmate. Eight bells and all's well. We introduced a new speaker and a new president as I go emeritus. David Woolen, for anyone who missed out on our program yesterday, welcome aboard to the Good Ship Grace. (laughs) Thanks, Charles. So glad to be here. Haven's been such a big part of my life as I've worked here over a decade, and uh, I'm looking forward to carrying the All About Jesus mantle, as we so often say, into this 90th year, and Lord willing, far beyond. Well, same here, David. In a few minutes, let's talk some more, maybe even share a little bit about your background and your family. And then we'll head into today's teaching that expands this theme of ours this week on how all the scriptures lead us to Christ. And today, how that even means the Old Testament book of Leviticus. (laughs) And that's right. Charles, even in Leviticus, we do find Jesus. And I'm really looking forward to opening that scripture with you. Well, before we do that, I want to invite you to join David Wolin and me in reading God's word from beginning to end this year. But more than that, we want to draw closer to Jesus. And to help us do that, we just released a new hardback book called Christ in All the Scriptures, Reading and Praying Through the Bible in a Year. And of course, this book includes a reading schedule. So you actually can check it off every day so that you can finish all God's Word in a single year. But we also include an introduction to every one of the 66 books in the Bible showing how all the scriptures point to Jesus. And we've included suggested prayers. And our goal in our prayer is more than knowledge. It's that we would grow in a deeper and more profound relationship with Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord through this book of meditations. And it's not just for you. It's for others you know. After the program, come to our website. Make your first gift of this new year. 
Let me suggest that you order more than just a copy for yourself. Get a few copies so that you can share this adventure with others in your Christian life. And we have also on our website included the first several days of reading so you can get started even before your copy of this book arrives. So after the program, come visit our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or, of course, you can always call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And now let's get started. Let's open the program with a song leading us to Almighty God and Jesus Christ, our Savior, a song by Nathan Drake. It's contemporary music, but it's a traditional hymn to God be the glory. Nathan Drake opening this haven today, keeping it all about Jesus. I'm Charles Morris, and back with me here for a second day is my friend, my colleague, our new president and speaker, David Wolin. David, just welcome back again. You were with Haven before, as you shared a little bit on yesterday's program. You mind just telling us that again, and then we'll talk about a few other things. 
Charles, it was the work of God in my life uh, right after college to bring me here. That was 2005, and I came initially as your assistant and then had some other roles at the ministry over the decade plus that followed. Big roles, I might add. Big roles. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of you to say. It was, it was what, what a wonderful adventure and season. The Lord did call me away from this ministry for a few years, actually over to our, our sister ministry, FEBC, the Far East Broadcasting Company, and uh, what an incredible gift that was to me, just to get a sense of what God is doing in other parts of the world, how He's moving, uh, and to get a sense of, of really what what it means when we say that uh, this is something I learned, Charles, 3.2 billion people in the world are unreached with the gospel mm. of Jesus Christ. And mm. uh, that's a burden that's always been part of our heart at Haven as well. There's a deep history of, of international missions focus for us, but it was also just as clear as it was to me uh, a number of years ago that the Lord was leading me to take a step uh, into a new phase of ministry out of Haven into FEBC. Uh, well, guess what? He just did the same thing in reverse. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's so it's so much a blessing to my soul to come back and be in ministry again with dear friends uh, like you, Charles, our producer, Troy, who's on with us, so many others who are part of this ministry that is all about Jesus. Mm. Yes. And I'll never forget when you and I did a few dangerous things like uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, not not going to the Philippines. That was the easy part of the trip where Far East Broadcasting has such right. a reach. But I remember us being followed by the secret police in China when we were in mainland China. And uh, that's when we realized we better be careful when we're going out in the name of (laughs) Jesus around the world. That's right. That's right. Don't forget there there was a riot in Kuala Lumpur right before we uh, we went to China and we were stuck in the middle of that one, too. (laughs) The Lord has has, uh, rescued us from dangers more than once. Well, and and just um, tell us a little bit about your family. So, Charles, Marcy and I have been married this this summer. It will be our twentieth anniversary. Wow! Um, so okay. I know it's 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 uh, it's what a wonderful journey. Um, she is such a godly woman uh, who loves the Word of God. Uh, she challenges me. Uh, we we love to uh, talk about what we're learning in, in Scripture uh, together, and it's just been such a wonderful journey uh, these past twenty years. And we were uh, we were a couple five years before we ended up getting married, uh, which which we did after we graduated from college. But um, uh, you know, part of our story, and I'd love to get into this a little bit more sometime. This is maybe more Marcy's story than mine, but I mean it's ours because uh, it, it took us seven years to have children. We wanted them quickly, mm-hmm. but the Lord mm-hmm. did not uh, quickly give them to us. But uh, we do have three kids now. Uh, the Lord answered that prayer. He worked in our hearts in a really special way. But uh, now we have two girls. One is 12, one's 10. And then we have a, a little boy uh, who is four years old. And so uh, we're we're a family of five. And what, what a gift, what a joy. And in fact, I was uh, almost moved to tears coming in just thinking about how God has has blessed uh, our family and to even have kids whose hearts are, are inclined and leaning toward Christ even at a young age. Wow. Um, so that's us, the Wolins. Let me just add one more thing to all of that. Your wife, Marcy, she makes the best apple pie I've ever eaten, even better than <laughs> her own mom's apple pie. That's Marcy's apple pie. And uh, I can't tell anybody how often I've had a slice of apple pie at your house. So anyway, (laughs) well, Uh, well, hopefully Marcy's mom didn't hear that. Oh, no, we better not tell Nan that. Well, this week, 
we're looking at Christ in all the scriptures. We kind of started it last week, too. And because Mm -hmm. we've got this book that we've just released, Christ in all the scriptures. And uh, today I want to talk about how that includes even the book of Leviticus and the Pentateuch. How do we find Christ in Leviticus? Can we even (laughs) find Jesus there? You know the answer, Charles. Yes, yes, especially in Leviticus. I was um, just chuckling this morning, uh, opening up this book that you've been talking about on the air the the, the past couple of weeks, Christ and all the Scriptures, and I opened up the chapter to that or that, that leads into Leviticus, and uh, I'll just read a few lines because this made me chuckle a little bit. This is very honest, and this is what the whole book is like as you read through it. So helpful. It says, Leviticus is where many plans to read the Bible in a year come to die. It just seems so alien to us, doesn't it? Amen. Priests, sacrifices, ritual cleanliness, impurity. What does this have to do with us? More importantly, what does this have to do with Jesus? The answer might surprise us. And this, Charles, I thought is is worth just emphasizing. It says, Christ's ministry and our redemption wouldn't make sense without this book of Leviticus. Okay, that's a big, Mm -hmm. bold claim. And what it says uh, next is also great, which is why if you're listening, you should get your own copy, uh, because there's much more that it has to say about Leviticus. This is such a great resource. But let's just jump to the high point of Leviticus, chapter 16. Uh, This is the Day of Atonement, uh, or for the Jews, Yom Kippur. So I'm just going to talk about this for a minute. So Yom Kippur was the day when, by God's explicit instructions, the most important sacrifice of the year was to be made. This is when uh, the sins of all the people of Israel from the previous year were atoned for all in one moment. But before we get into the details, let's define terms. Um, Atonement, we're talking about the means by which a guilty stain of sin is removed. And without making atonement, God's presence would not, it could not abide with his people. God does not cohabitate with sin, which is why sacrifices always had to be made. Okay, so how does this work? First, the Lord instructs Aaron, he has to wash himself, and only then can he sacrifice a bull on behalf of his family. That comes first, because even the high priest is not sinless. Without this preparation, he himself is unfit to enter into the holiest of holies. Only then, and this is picking it up in verse 7, he says, He will take two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by Lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. Now, Charles, this chapter is so remarkable. There's no other sacrifice like this one. The goat offered up for the sins of the people. The second goat receiving the sins of Israel and being taken away from their presence outside the camp and carrying the guilt of the people with it into the wilderness where most certainly it will die. And then the text goes on and it says this, Aaron, he is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head and send it out into the wilderness. 
So this scapegoat presents a picture to Israel about how God views their sin. Their impurities are being cast out from the Lord's presence and will result in a death, but not their own, because the guilt has been placed upon another. And so, Charles, this is the main point. Unless atonement is made for sin, a substitutionary atoning sacrifice, there can be no relationship with the Lord. And so here in Leviticus 16, this is the groundwork and the context for the future, for where we're going to see Jesus entering into his ministry. And we see it so powerfully in John's gospel. This is a familiar passage. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming toward him and cries out for all to hear, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So what Mm. Jesus has come to do He's the fulfillment, the completion of what Leviticus 16 was pointing to. He's the one whose blood will make atonement once and for all. He's the one upon whom the sin, not just of the nation, but of the whole world, and not just the sin of the last year, but for all time. Upon Mm. him, the sin of the world was laid, and Jesus is going to be taken outside the city. He's going to perish there, taking our sin with him to the cross the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so, Charles, in brief, that's how Leviticus leads us to Jesus. Mm. Wow. Well put. Thank you. In my mind's eye, I can picture, as I do every time when I am by the Jordan River uh, in Israel, but really this event that you just shared with us out of John 1 uh, takes place on the other side, across the Jordan, And it's what is now modern-day Jordan. And we actually know where that is. Archaeologically speaking, it can only be one spot. And every time I'm there, I just picture John the Baptist seeing his first cousin come walking along. And he Mm. says, behold, look, the Lamb of God, Jesus, my first cousin, who takes away the sin of the world. Well, This truth of finding Christ in all the Bible is so clear in so many ways. Thanks for sharing how Jesus is the Lamb, the Lamb of God who came to take away our sins. So let me just share one more connection between the old and new. Jesus wasn't just the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Jesus is also described as the Good Shepherd. And there's so much more than Just the 23rd Psalm, where we're told, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is this theme showing up more than once in the Old Testament of bad shepherds, the spiritual leaders of God's people who could turn bad. Strong words from Isaiah in 5611. They're dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. They're shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. They seek their own gain. Strong words, but that's not the only place. Ezekiel takes on these bad spiritual leaders. He shows us that in chapter 34. It's a wake-up call for spiritual leaders in our churches today. This theme of bad shepherding comes through again. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, meaning Ezekiel, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak 
or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Ezekiel 34. Well, read through those passages, and you can quickly become convinced that only the Lord Jesus Christ is our true shepherd, as Psalm 23 tells us. We really need a good shepherd, and that's what we can take great comfort from in learning that Jesus is the good shepherd. He keeps watch over his flock. In fact, in John ten fourteen, it's one of the seven great I am statements of Jesus. I am the good shepherd, and he keeps watch over his sheep, and we are his sheep day and night. He comes looking for us when we are lost. He protects us. He finds us. He carries us back even on his own shoulders, on his own back. Bottom line, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he's also the shepherd of his sheep. Two pictures found in both the Old and the New Testaments pointing to the great work of our Messiah. David Wolin, we can sing about things like that, can't we? Not just reflect (laughs) on them or read about them in Scripture. This is worth singing over. We can and we should. How about nothing but the blood of Jesus? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the It's a group called Heart Cry Worship, nothing but the blood of Jesus, on a haven today called Keeping It All About Jesus. You know, I've sung that hymn quite a bit in my lifetime. I think most of the time it was out of a hymnal and not listening to it as a praise song like we just heard it, David. That's right. It's a simple song. It's easy to remember the lyrics and uh, I've sung it with my kids before bedtime uh, just recently. I was thinking just now about nothing but the blood of Jesus. We've been talking about that today, but verse four, where it ends, this is all my hope and peace. We, uh, we can forget the fact that this is the means by which God has given us his hope and his peace. So remembering the blood of Christ is critical. It may be an old hymn with a modern arrangement, but the words of that hymn are coming straight out of God's word and the teaching that we find in God's word. 
Well, if you've been inspired by what David Wallen and I've been talking about these last few minutes and how you can find Christ in all the Bible, yes, even the book of Leviticus, then you need to get a copy of our brand new, just out hardback book, Christ in All the Scriptures, Reading and Praying Through the Bible in a Year. We wrote it to walk you through the Bible in a year and even more to draw you closer to your Savior, Jesus. Every chapter contains an overview for every book of the Bible, as well as prayers centered on each reading. Mm -hmm. And Charles, you know, I want to chime in here and just say how much I appreciate this book already. I've been using it uh, as we've started reading through the Bible in the year. I'm well on my way in Genesis, and the team did an amazing job publishing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a -a first-of-a-kind resource coming out of Haven. Uh, Mm -hmm. Really well done. And I can honestly, truly say... I'm excited to use this resource alongside reading every page of the Bible this year and seeing Jesus throughout. So let me just say for your first of the year gift to Haven today, we want to send you Christ and all the scriptures, reading and praying through the Bible in a year. But more importantly, let me suggest that you get a few copies, share this with somebody else, and then they can use it with their own Bible to read the Bible in a year and see the Bible through the Jesus lens. You can even get started before you get the hardback copy of the book. We've included on our website uh, several days of the beginning of the book and the reading so that you'll have the schedule and you'll be up to date. So just go right now to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or you can call us for one or more copies and make your gift at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Well, my name is Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. And we want to invite you to join us again tomorrow, when again together we get to share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. January is National Blood Donor Month in America. It's a simple way to give to those in need, but it's not especially comfortable, especially if you have a fear of needles. But it does save lives. If you think about it, Jesus was the original blood donor, and he did far more than give some of his blood. He gave his whole life in order to save us. Isaiah 53 tells us he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. It's the greatest blood transfusion in history. Jesus giving up his life in order to save ours. You'll see Jesus more clearly every day through time in God's word. Visit GetAnchor.com.